Welcome to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. And now here's your host, Joe Levitt. Hello and welcome to another episode of the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. Our guest today uh, comes to us from St. Louis where he is the mastermind behind the account and website of Grilling Fools. Scott has logged thousands and thousands of hours behind the tongs and today he stops his barbecue influencing just for a for a short amount of time for his his almost 730,000 followers I think uh, on Instagram right now alone uh, to join us today. Thanks for taking the time on the May the Smoke be with you. Please welcome Scott Thomas. Hey Scott, how are you? And and I'm also a big Star Wars fan, so let's oh, not forget that aspect of it. No, let's not. That's that's usually kind of a bonus question at the end, but I love that you just started with it. So let's 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 go there first. Sure. Uh, for all, for all those people that only listen for the bonus question at the end, you'll you'll be able. To, it'll be a very short episode for you today. But uh, so you are a Star Wars fan. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Okay. Gigantic Star Wars. As a matter of fact, and you can't see it, but right over here is a one of those fat heads and it's Han Solo stuck in carbonite on my wall. Okay, so you so, you were you were yeah. invested. You were you were all in. You, yeah, you have no and then um and then and I'm almost ashamed nobody really knows this except for a few people but during COVID my oldest son and I started collecting Lego Star Wars. Star Wars Legos, Lego Star okay. Wars, whatever you want to call it. Yep. And um I don't really want to calculate how much we've spent on it's this but there's this is the the, the it's an expensive hobby um, yeah but yeah. Uh, but you know they're they're legacy toys you can just give them they can go down generationally you know uh it, it's it's okay it's okay yeah. it's okay it's not it, they're not toys at this point they're investments i mean yeah. it is um and the quality it, time you had with your son just hanging out building these lego sets was great we didn't build that much. It wasn't. Okay. That, it's not, we're, we're collecting the minifigs, and okay. there are some sets. Yeah, we did. We did collect. We did build a lot of sets. Uh, I shouldn't say that. We did, but okay. it was more like tracking down figures and and collecting that part of it. So it was kind of. I grew up on the Legos and a Star Wars yep. fan, right? Yep. But I was. I'm older than when the Star Wars Legos came out. I had space Legos. They didn't have, and he got a bunch of Star Wars Legos. And so those two kind of combined. So now, yeah, we do, um, you know, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great way to bond. I mean, he's 14 now. Yeah. I don't know how much longer I'm going to have with him. Where he just wants know, to hang do, out and play. Yeah, where he's going to, like, want to talk about, you know, Lego yeah. figures. Right. Um, so I'll take it for what I have. And then one day he'll inherit this because the way they've, they have uh, appreciated and value in just two years that we've been doing this is insane. I mean, there are figures that go for thousands of dollars, thousands yeah. of dollars. Yes. Yeah. Now, what what is your uh, what's your favorite Star Wars movie, if you had to pick one? Oh, Empire. That, Empire. Okay. Empire. Uh, it's I been know. a popular choice so far amongst uh, guests. Now, this one may but, be a little a little more difficult for but you. My second would be um, would absolutely be Rogue One. I think now, Rogue One was magnificent. I I think you are you are right in line with a lot of folks. You're right in line with me. I think Rogue One. Is fantastic. Uh, absolutely loved it, and uh, and yeah, just I thought it was just a lot of fun. I really did. Until, the scene at the, the end. <laughs> when they're yeah, when they're at that 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 shield generator above the mm-hmm. planet, and that is 
that that, that I think that's maybe one of the most impressive scenes of the whole of of the entire you know Star Wars universe. Yeah, um, it's it's incredible. It, that is incredible. So yes, yeah. I agree. If I made you pick one character that's your favorite, where are you going? Boba Fett. Okay. It's just there's never any there's no doubt Boba Fett. Yeah. That was when I was a kid. That was it. Um, I love the fact that Lucas actually did an interview and he was like, um, "Had I known." The fan reaction to Boba Fett, I wouldn't have had him die like the bitch that he was. <laughs> and he goes, I just wouldn't have had him go out that way. And That's um, funny. yeah, it was that was sad. But yeah, I mean, you didn't have the the you know you didn't have the immediate reaction that we have on digital now, where you can test the pulse of of you know the the whole of everything within an hour of it releasing because everybody's talking about it. Right. So he didn't know. And so that was me, man. I was playing with those those action figures when I was, you know, five and six years old. And, and Boba Fett was it. I mean, he had a jetpack, he had a rocket launcher, he had something yeah. on his wrist that shot something. You I know, it was great. I mean, it, it had the helmet. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, my favorite action figure. Yeah, I like it. I think we're 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 kind of lockstep there. I I, I could make an argument uh, for Chewbacca, but uh, I am yeah. I, I really do. Boba Fett is just is just one bad character. He's he's Chewbacca great. when he, you know, shakes his head, you know, and he doesn't want to go, you know, it's, you know. I mean, uh, and and have you seen that? You know, the, the, any of the clips where where the the actor was talking throughout the movies, and they 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 dubbed in the you know the garbled the, Wookie the language, the Wookie sound, yeah, and and like there's a scene where. He says to you know Han Solo, you know, where did you get this fossil about about uh, Obi uh, about Obi Wan, you know, and and you know Han's reacting to him like he's responding to that Wookiee language when he's actually really in the in the scene reacting to um, just very proper English, you know, the, language yes. coming from a seven foot tall rug. <laughs> That's great. You had no uh, idea that you were going to get this much Star Wars action. No, out of not, this not, guy when you're like the grill not fool. Off, not off the top, no, for sure. Well, I, one of the things I, I like to do with with all the guests is really just kind of get your your background. Like how how did you get attracted to grilling? Just what's your kind of culinary journey? Would love to hear that. Um, so I, you know, my dad grilled every, every Sunday that, that was just what we did, you know, and I never really got to touch the grill. I, I, but when I graduated from high school and and went to college, the running joke in my family is that I got sent to school with a suitcase, a grill and a case of ramen noodles. So (laughs) while I figured out how to grill, I survived on ramen and, um, you know, I just, no training. I just, I mean, I butchered, we, we butchered everything, everything we overcooked, undercooked, you know, and just screwed up for decades until kind of figured it out. And I started this website. It was on a, a fantasy football website. And in the in the summer, you know, in the off season, we would talk barbecue, hmm. and we would share our the recipes we were doing. We would put uh, the pictures out for people to look at, like on Image Shack or I don't even know if these things still exist. Does Image Shack still exist? It's just like, I, it was like I've a, never heard of it, so I have no. It idea. was like a picture sharing software where you could just share pictures and show because mm-hmm. you couldn't upload them all to this forum. That way. it was a forum. It was before social media, right? And after a couple three years of that, I realized I had all this content because I was shooting every step of the process to share with my football buddies from around the country. And mm-hmm. 
I realized I had enough to start a, a website or a blog. And so I started it um, and and I had like 50 recipes up on it within uh, like just, it took like two months just to enter them all in. Yeah. Um, but I had all these recipes and, um, and I was just going to be a vehicle to write off charcoal and meat and the occasional grill. Right. And then this was November of 2008. And in May of 2009, the food editor of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch said, hey, we want to do an article about you. And they did a, the whole front page of the food section was it's it was called World Wide Weber. W like World Wide Web, World oh, Wide okay. Weber. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was cooking on a Weber. At I the bet time. that that person was really proud of that headline. They were yeah, really, yeah. yeah. They were like, yeah. I got this one. Yeah, and then and then we had like three pages inside, full pages of recipes. I mean, it, it, and so my little um, um, you know, tax shelter uh, was. I was like, <laughs> I got to go out and get a real website. I had designed my the first website. I had to, um, you know, I, I I was just I had to get insurance. Um, the, my first insurance quote for a grilling website was $8,000. Okay. That's, that seems reasonable. They're like, well, there's fire. I'm like, yeah, there's fire, but shit's sh- sh- grilling. Come on. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then I think we got, so I was hemorrhaging cash and I was like, this is supposed to save me a little money at the end of the year. So I brought, it was actually grillandfool.com. And I, I brought in my cousin and my dad and made it grill and okay. fools. And so they, you know, and they're pretty accomplished with what they do. So it, it worked out. And, um, you know, that was 2008 and, uh, and we're still, um, creating content for the website. Um, it's the, and the, the elevator picture is picture by picture, step-by-step step, foolproof grilling instructions. So, you know, we don't repeat the mistakes we've made over the years and we'll put on there. Like I, I think I have a post on like how not to grill ribs, yeah. you know, where like I opened the, the vents on my Weber and then walked away and came back and the temperature spiked and my, my ribs are like black as can be or the time my son fell down tripped on the steps he didn't fall down the steps so he just kind of tripped on the steps it was my first child and i freaked out i left the uh, the grill open on on brisket oh no and um for like two and a half three hours i come back oh you know i got people coming over and my brisket's basically been on pause for for three hours um yeah so that kind of stuff like i you know like and, and here's where it all went south or here's where i forgot to put i forgot to put any salt in it or uh here's where i salted it and then realized the rub i was using the first ingredient was salt so it's way over salted so i, right. I kind of go into those things like here's where we blew it um and i think that kind of resonated so that's so you, kind of the journey yeah so you talked about uh growing up your dad just like hands off the grill was your dad was your dad good or was he just like controlling with the grill? So, so the, this is a story that we told a lot is that my dad um, he overcooked a lot of things uh, because he didn't really use a thermometer or even really a clock the way you should. Okay. He um, he didn't cook to time or temp. No, he so so let's say this is uh, this bottle of water is a beer. My mom would stick her head out the win- out the window out the door and go, "Hey, Greg." You know, how's is when you know is food gonna be ready? And my mom's working on all the sides and stuff like that. And how much time we got left? And my dad wouldn't look at the grill or the clock <laughs> or a thermometer. He'd look at his beer. And if it was a full beer, he'd go, about thirty minutes. If it was half empty, he'd go, about fifteen minutes. The funniest part was when it was really close to empty, right? And there'd only be a little bit left. Then he might break. actually look at the grill. And then he'd go, he'd grab himself another beer and go, about 30 more minutes. 
<laughs> you know, and then yeah, so we a lot of times stuff was way over overcooked because he, you know, was like, I I can have another beer here, you know. I mean, that's part of what that's part of the lure, you know, the allure, yeah. I should say. Yeah. So yeah, um, I I actually bought him his first probe thermometer, and uh, he wouldn't use it for like two years, and then um, he oh he did something oh oh I brought my uh, one time I brought my my wife it was our first time and he cooked for her right and uh, brought her to meet my parents for dinner mom mind you i had just met her parents for dinner and her dad made something and he overcooked the crap out of it <laughs> so my dad was kind of like cocky you know yeah, like I oh i'll this. show him uh-huh. i i got this i'll show him how it's done right and then he overcooked the shit out of it and i said so we're gonna start using that thermometer now or what and yeah i think that was the end of it so so when you went away to college with your suitcase and your your grill, uh, did you use the same techniques with uh, with beer and, and cooking? Uh, yeah, you know, like you just like keep turning it. You know, like I'll I'll just keep turning it until I think it looks like it's done, and then you're like gnawing on a piece of steak because it it's it's like shoe leather and um yeah I I uh, yeah I, I yeah just try complete trial and error. But but I hadn't really picked my dad's brain about how to do it before, yeah. So that so it was completely starting from scratch, and um, but I, I took to it pretty quickly, and and I kind of learned it, and um, you know, the th- the thermometer helped me beyond yes. measure. It's not it's not even so much that it gets you the right temperature. It's just like you get an idea of what it looks and feels like when stuff is done because you know, after a while, you don't need to use a thermometer as much because you just have it. You down. know what medium looks like yeah. on a on a steak and... uh, steak or you know that hey these ribs are you know the ribs sure. are poking out there's this much of a flex i know these ribs are done um i don't need to check a thermometer anymore i can just eyeball it right um whereas but yeah same thing with a steak like yeah you're like oh yeah it looks like it's kind of done and you take it inside and like oh that's raw on the inside um you know and and you're and you're playing it off too you're like no i like it this way <laughs> you know yeah, my dad used to say all the time, I like it burnt. I like it like that. I'm like, you liar. You liked having another beer, not that you like it burnt. So uh, where did you and your wife meet? We were we worked together. She uh, worked at an office. Um, I, I was the IT guy at a company, and I went out to her office to you know work on the computers and, and met her there. And you found so, love. In, in found that. love. There you go. And then uh, you mentioned you have uh, one son. Uh-huh. Is that uh, any anything else? Uh, any, anything else? Anything have, else? Any other children? I have I have four kids and a dog. Okay. So I have three boys and uh, a little girl. So um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I have fourteen, and my girls six, and the other two boys are nine and twelve. Oh, that's great. And are you uh, are you training them up on the grill? Are they interested in it? Do they want to get out there when Dad's cooking and grilling as well? It's, uh, so, so my second oldest is interested in cooking in general. Okay. Um, like he wants to learn, like we do grilled cheese on the griddle inside, or he took a, 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 a thing in the summer. Um, he went to a camp and it was a cooking camp and he, like he's made calzones for the family a couple times. Um, he, you know, he's, he shows eggs. He likes to, uh, we just, we went tailgating up at uh, South Bend this last weekend and we, we were in charge of breakfast, and, and I we did steak and eggs. I did steaks, and nice. he, he made the eggs. Um, uh, I have an older son who would get into the, you know, uh, 
you know the different state cuts and you know he's he's he he uh, is a bastion of of facts but he's also once he's learned them he kind of moves on so he's got the facts but maybe not necessarily the the theory and the practice you know putting it into practice um and the nine and the six-year-old aren't really there yet um the six-year-old might be the girl might be the the my best my best hope honestly um (laughs) uh so you know you mentioned kind of the the evolution of you know, really, the the website was started really as a as a tax shelter, as you say, right. uh, something to right. kind of uh, you know a bit of a glorified sharing site for you and your friends, and uh, got some attention right. there from the St. Louis Post Dispatch, and it was kind of off to the races at that point. At what point did social media enter all of this for you? Like, where where in that journey, like, did it become big? Because you don't get to seven hundred thousand followers and change overnight. So what was that? When did that kind of start? And what was that so, like? So my wife was like, you know, you got to get on that face page and Twitter. And and I was <laughs> like, what the hell are those? I'm not doing face page. And, and she goes, it's a good way. It would be a good way for you to promote the website. And I went, oh, crap, she's right. Yeah. I don't want. So I, I joined Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest. Okay. I was actually a, I was actually a Pinterest ambassador. Um, they, 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 yeah, I I actually asked them like, what, what, am I the only guy on this, on this platform? So you wanted to make sure you, but uh, it flew me out to San Francisco and got to meet, you know, some of the original founders and, you know, I met employee three and four, um, who whenever they go public will be, you know, bazillionaires. Yes. And, um, and, but, you know, I didn't really, it, 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 I didn't do fantastic with that. I was, you know. I had seven, eight thousand followers, and you know, I posted whenever I wanted. I kind of treated it like my own personal Facebook page. I'm like, ooh, here's a funny shot of my dog, and here's you know one of my kids doing something stupid, you know. And I'm like, I'll put this up there. I didn't really treat it like a business. Right. And then uh, I joined Instagram, and something there with what, just the way my personality works and the plat what the platform was looking for worked, and so I, you know, I I was and you know every. The last thing I did before I went to bed was post something on Instagram, and the first thing I did in the morning was check to see what it was, what it did. And yeah. basically, what I did is I, you know, I did all Google like you know top ten tips for Instagram, you know, and and it was all the same tips. It's just like this big circle jerk of people that that you know just put their own spin on it, and and I realized it was most of it was crap. So I started mm-hmm. testing their 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 tips, and I was like, "This is garbage." And so um, that morphed into we started. I, I started training people on it, um, and there's a whole lot of people in barbecue that 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 are big on Instagram that that got some training. I mean, I'm not going to name any of them, but yeah. Um, and then um, a girl here local who is a, bl- a food blogger in the baking uh, space. Her name's Cupcake Project on Instagram. Um, she um, helped me early on as a blogger, and so I helped her with some tips. And then she's like, "Hey, I'm thinking about training people." And so we joined up, and we were doing like a we had an online course, and that worked out really well for a while. But God, stuff changes so fast, so we kept having updated. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then uh, a local um, barbecue restaurant called Sugarfire, which is now quasi national, they're in probably six or eight cities, you know, mm-hmm. like Denver and Dallas, and um, like uh, Phoenix, I think, and there's one in Iowa. Anyway, um, they uh, th- he asked me to run his social media, and so 
was like, I don't, I don't want to run your social media. And he goes, well, neither do I. So he goes, well, what would you charge me? I was like, I don't know. He goes, well, let me know because I'll, I'll so I can write you a check. And so it's a good model to have, thinking back on it. Yeah. Um, we took over his social media five years ago, five years ago uh, this month. And um, now we, we manage a number of different, um, ma- mainly food, a lot in grilling and barbecue, mm-hmm. um, feeds and um, for people. And that, so now I have employees and, um, you know, I have client meetings and, and things like that. So it's, um, it, that turned into a career that actually um, allowed me to quit my job that more than this is the, the, the stuff that we do on, that I do personally on Instagram is great. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's very up and down. And with four kids and a wife, I can't just, you know, just rely on that. If I was a single guy, I'd be like, hell yeah, this is perfect. Right. But so the, the, what it's called, my, my agency is called Build, Build Digital Marketing. Mm-hmm. And that allows me to, to quit and do this full. So I can, you know, like I just emailed my team. I'm like, let's, let's make some uh, guachojong ribs. So I posted a video of what I did today of those ribs, and um, I realized I don't have it on the website. So we're going to film it and shoot it this week and, and get it up on the website. Um, and uh, yeah, it, you know, so it gives me a lot of freedom um, yeah. to, to, to do and you know hop on a plane if I want to go to the Royal, or I can actually drive to the Royal, yeah. or you know think I'm going to go to the Jack this year, which I've never done. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just kind of go stuff like that. You know, as you as you think about the Instagram specifically, you know, what do you think you did that that attracted folks in such high numbers to you versus there's a lot of accounts out there? Uh, what what is it that kind of sets you apart? Well, I I did a so I was I was a curator or reposter, so I posted my own stuff. But then the the problem is is that you can't you just can't create enough hmm. without have this being your full-time job. And even then it's hard. So I would fill in around what I could post of what I was doing just with whatever was interesting, whatever I thought was cool. Or, and, and, you know, and so I would ask questions and then like, like I just posted something I haven't posted in a couple of years, which was the a Syracuse university where they ran like some molten metal or lava, the lava or something like that. Steak. Yep. And then the steak is cooked over the top of it. And, you know, like I would post that like every six months and, and we get huge engagement. Yeah. Um, and it was always interesting. You know what I mean? I, I think that that I'm like, like, that's something that I would have done if I was there. I'm like, hey, let's throw a grill grate over that and grill that up. You know, let's yeah. see what happens. So I, you know, like just so I would just find cool stuff and kind of scour and find what was interesting and 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 throw it out there and then, you know, kind of start conversations and like. Like I, I, I do this thing all the time. I do it to this day, and there's a lot of people who who do something similar. Now I think I originated, but I would I would post a steak, and I would put, you know, is it too rare, just right, or burnt? You know what I mean? And I like a really rare steak, so my always answer is it's burnt. And yeah. so people will, I will post something where guys are just seasoning raw steaks, and some I won't even ask that, and somebody will just put burnt. It's freaking raw, you know what I mean, and they'll go burnt. So it's like it's a running joke that's been going on for probably five or six years, and it's still going. And um, but there's a lot of people out there doing something similar to that. But you know, just kind of um, you know, uh, get some. It's not just about here. Here's this really cool thing. It's like, hey, what do you think of this this cool thing? Or 
and let's get your opinion on it. Or how many of these could you eat? You know, just kind of get some dialogue going more than just here. I'm presenting you this really cool thing, and and let's let's talk about it. So, right now, you're are you born and raised St. Louis? Uh, just outside, I grew up in uh, in Illinois in the su- in suburbs of St. Louis, basically. Yeah. Um, but I've lived now in St. Louis longer than I than I lived in Illinois. So I moved in my 20s to to Missouri to St. Louis, and I haven't been back. But so, I, my parents are 30 miles away. So by by birthright, you you have to know how to to make a St. Louis style rib, right? Yeah, yeah, and so pork steak. To, and pork steak. Okay. Well, let's and let's tackle steak. let's tackle the uh, the the first one, uh-huh. the the St. Louis style rib. For those that may not know, what's the difference between that and a and a baby back rib? So they're all the same rib. Technically, they're cut off. The, the baby back rib comes right off the spine, off the top of the pig, and that's why it's got more of a curve. The spare, which is the St. Louis style rib, comes off of the sides of the pig farther down the body now so when you hear the statement do you live high on the hog uh high on the hog is where mm. the the muscles are are not used as much so the meat's more tender um and it's more delicious and and those are where they the bet they're the better cuts and baby back ribs are from the loins and so for the loin meat so it's usually more expensive so the st louis style is a spare rib that has the there's a flap kind of along the bottom and the ends are kind of um, thinner or thick at one end and thin in the other. And then there's a, another flap along the bone side and you trim all that stuff off to make this like perfect rectangle. Mm-hmm. And that is what's used in 99% of competition barbecue for pork ribs is that perfect rectangle because it's cooks evenly. It's, you get rid of that thin piece at the one end, which is going to dry out before that yep. super thick piece, which you also get rid of is going to be done. And then it's it's it cooks evenly and it's more consistent um, results for your for the judges. Now, do you you prefer the St. Louis or the spare rib versus the baby back? Baby backs all day long. I love okay. baby backs. <laughs> really? Is that <laughs> yeah. kind of like you know sacrilegious what? for a St. Louis guy though? Well, and it's funny is I I I had not eaten um, baby backs for what like like a year or more because the prices on baby backs were more than double what spares yeah, they, were and they went to like 4.99 a pound around here like it yeah was, it was crazy yeah so uh, just recently I, I went into sam's like like in the last month and they were the same price the the, the, the baby backs and the spares are the same price i'm like okay i'll go baby backs so yes i prefer baby backs and i i eat those most of the time but if, if the worst thing i do in a day is eat spare ribs over baby backs i had a pretty damn good day yeah. which goes straight into the next which i think you might be going to which is is it fall at the bone or competition style and the competition boys who are so adamant that you burned your ribs because you went fall at the bone need to shut the hell up all right the vast majority of the population prefers them that way and if again the worst thing you do in a day is eat fall at the bone ribs right you need to be counting your blessings and and stop complaining about but those guys are the vocal ones those guys that are like ah you burned them you ruined them yeah you didn't ruin them they're they're phenomenal that way. They're just yeah. I, I I actually prefer them competition style myself. But I'm not gonna complain if I eat all the bone ribs. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah, and I think that is just purely a uh, a preference. You know, for a long time, that's the way we made them in our house, which was kind of a 
you know, modified three, two, one method, uh, type of thing. And they ended up being, you know, you could just pull the bones out and, right, uh, you right. know, you, you basically make your own little McRib there if you wanted to. Uh, and, right. and that's kind of what we knew and what we loved. And then just one day I was like, Hey, I'm not going to wrap these. I'm just going to cook them same temp kind of 250, 275. And, and the family just, they don't want me to cook them the other way now. Uh, because they, 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 they like the integrity of the rib versus right. it kind of being just not burned. These one, the other ones were never burned. It just kind of, right. sometimes you get a little Over, way overcooked. Yeah. yeah. Way yeah, overcooked. Yeah. yeah. And, and the three, two, one method is probably why I got into this because we got into an argument on that football side about the three, two, one. I'm like, every time I cook three, two, one method, just always fall off the bone. Yeah. And I'm, I'm starting to like it this other way. And yeah. that's how it kind of got into the documenting it. Like, here's how I did mine. And this, this is exactly what I did. And instead of three, two, one, it's more like, you know, 1.5, Point seven five, you know, point five. But that just, that yeah. sounds like crap. Three two one. That sounds great. That makes I, so I perfect can, sense. Yeah, but if you do a legit three two one, those things you fall to bone every time. You got soup yeah. at the end. It's almost yes. Right, right. Yeah. Three two one. But if you do it an hour and a half, forty five minutes, and and then maybe pull them out of the foil yep. and do it thirty minutes. And again, there's another one. Right now, now we're like all peach butcher paper. And if you use foil, you've ruined it. So the the people who've wrapped ribs in foil for the last fifty years, none of them ever had a good rib. It was all garbage all because garbage. now we have the, the 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 I mean, sure, I peach butcher pepper works really well, and it work and, and it may even be better, but it still doesn't, doesn't mean um, you know that it's it's terrible that you know that because you wrapped it in foil, it's ruined. But you know. That's how it is, right? You got to call everybody else morons or idiots or whatever right. else. You know what I mean? Was that the uh, Notre Dame fight song? Is your ringtone? Is that what that it was? was? It was, and yeah. it was my vet calling. So I'm not going to answer that, and I'm going to. Actually, I, I, I thought I had this in, in silent mode, but I'm going to put that there right now. You know, I I was uh, afraid that you know because I prefer uh, baby backs. I was like, maybe we just can't be friends. Uh, but the fact that you do like baby backs makes me feel better. Uh, but yeah. the, the fact that you have the Notre Dame fight song is a, is a whole other issue that I don't think we'll be able to solve, uh, because I am, I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but growing up in Michigan, you know, we, uh, we sing hail to the victors up there. <laughs> is, is that a finger up there? <laughs> oh, no, oh yeah, it's my... your sign above the door. Yes. Yeah. Notre Dame. So I, and was what does that at... say for those that, uh, that can't, can't read over. It's a street uh, sign. This is Notre Dame Avenue. Um, okay. it's one of those real metal signs. It's blue and gold. So I was at Notre Dame this weekend, uh, and, got to see them play in the greens, which I didn't think I would ever see in my lifetime. I mean, I go to one or two games a year if I can. I never thought I would see that. I got to see that on Saturday with my 12-year-old son. And I might get a little misty-eyed right here because they won and they were in the greens. I never thought I'd see that. So that's a bucket list item that is, uh, yeah, that is huge. So So, so they they play in the greens how, how often? The last time was three years ago. Okay, so it's incredibly that, rare. And before that, it was even longer. Brian Kelly did not like wearing the greens. Okay. Um, and usually when they would wear the greens, it'd be like in Ireland or at Yankee Stadium. So, I mean, and and the, the thing is, is that they don't, like, like I got an email on Thursday because I bought tickets saying, you know, wear green. And then on Friday, sure. I got an update saying they're wearing the greens. And you okay. just about lost it. 
actually didn't register with me till till I, I was doing a, a, a yeah I was recovering and getting stuff done and getting up there and I was kind of checking my email and I went whoa oh whoa, whoa. so like a few hours later I realized it um, but if I had gotten that email and I didn't have tickets to the game scrambling to get tickets and get a hotel and all I, I you can't do it and so I just happen to have I bought these tickets a month ago you know what I mean so. Um, you know, not not knowing they were going to be zero and two going in. You know, what I mean, I'm just like, right. that's yeah. just the way my schedule worked. This is the game I could go to, um, yeah. or the one in November. And my my 12 year old is a little gun shy about November games because the first game he went to was in November, and I told him to wear double up on everything. And he goes, "Well, I just wore my fuzzy Notre Dame socks, which are really warm, but they're more decorative. they're fuzzy, but they're more decorative." And so he was dying. I mean, it was one of those games that was like 25 degrees, and, and it was it was brutal. And so it, it was rough. So he's really gun-shy about a November game. Fair. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Cal. And then, you know. What, why and, why are you a Notre Dame fan? Like, what uh, what what made you a Notre Dame fan? <laughs> so when I – I didn't get into college football until I was in college, so the early 90s. And um, Mizzou here and Illinois here were – absolutely horrendous i mean yeah. you know just god awful and i remember the this and i, I kind of i'm putting these two together like this happened at the exact same time they probably didn't but i remember watching an illinois game and johnny johnson was a quarterback and he ran back 30 yards and got sacked so it was second and 40 and on the next play he ran back 30 yards and got sacked it was third and 70 and I like to think that's the time when I went, what else is on? And I changed the channel. And there's this guy named Rick Meyer handing off to Jerome Bettis at every Saturday. And these guys win. You know what I mean? And yeah. they're on TV. And at the time, you know, you had the local games and Notre Dame. Right. That was it. Like, there was nothing else. And so I started watching Notre Dame um, as an 18-year-old you know, man in college. And um, man, man, maybe not a man quite then. But, you know. And so that's that's thirty years, and I've been and and my my dad was also a Notre Dame fan. He 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 watched them again because the local stuff was so horrendously bad. Yeah, and, and so I took on. him to his first game last year. He went he oh. went with me. I took all three of my boys and him um, to Notre Dame, and it was it was it was incredible. So I mean, yeah. Well, so I'm good. now, you know, go to a couple games. It's a five hour drive to uh, to to basically get to the hotel we stay at, which is then another forty five minutes over to to the to campus and then you know so i try to get to one or two games a year if i can i love it well uh that was a nice little detour but let's get back on uh the and that was my (laughs) fault that was totally my fault yeah i took us to 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 notre dame over to well and you know i don't hate you because you're a michigan fan and you guys are probably gonna have a much better year than we are um so i wish we could play it again i you know i i uh it's coming back isn't it at some point didn't they say uh, but it's a couple more years. Is that right? I well, felt like, and, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, and the yeah. way I look at it too, is everybody's like, well, USC is their their rival. And I'm like, no, for me, it's Michigan. For me, it's, you know, it's, Michigan it's is game. the rival. It is. Yeah, always that's a big the game. rival for me. And you guys are probably Ohio state, right? I mean, that's your big game, right? Yes, for sure. And we finally got off, uh, Got off that uh, losing streak last year, finally. It's so far so good this year. We'll see. I, I'd I'm, like to say we softened them up for you this year, but not so much. 
that was not the best showing there at the at the horseshoe. No. Yeah. Sorry. Well, before I took us down uh, college football today, right? Uh, I, you mentioned pork steak. I, I don't know yeah. pork steak. Never had it. Um, I mean, I've heard of it, but I didn't know that it's a a St. Louis thing. So tell mm-hmm. me what this this pork steak is that you you talk of. So pork steak was it kind of invented here. It is um, was invented at a at a grocery store called Schnucks, okay, which is still here. Um, and it's a, actually it's all over the Midwest now. Um, Schnucks invented it. The Schnucks on the Hill, which no longer exists, it was, the building's been torn down. Um, but it is a pork shoulder, simply carved into steaks. So they just run it through a bandsaw because it's got a, the bone is in there. This yep. the, you know the, the scapula, the shoulder bone. And they just carve it. They run it through a bandsaw and carve it into a one inch or one and a half inch steaks. And um, so you, the, the thing with pork steaks is it's kind of a St. Louis thing. How they were cooked for decades is that you you'd sear them off, you'd put them off to the side of the grill, and you don't cook them like a steak because there's, there's a lot of fat and collagen in them. So you have to cook them to like 180 degrees. Okay. To get them tender, which freaks people out because like pork only needs to be like 145, 160, whatever. These guys go higher. To the, 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 so then you smoke them, and you slather them in what's called Malls barbecue sauce, which is also a local St. Louis tradition. Which was, you know, everybody cooked did malls. They put the malls in a, in a pot, put a beer in there, and then add a bunch of um, stale powders from the uh, spice drawer, um, and and boiled it for a little while, and then you would dunk your steak, your pork steaks in it, and finish them up like that. And that, and you can. There's all kinds of different ways of cooking, but but that was the. That's how we did it. Um, I have since moved on to the reverse sear, where we okay. smoke them up to, and then finish finish them off with a sear, and then you you sauce them, and then finish and let that sauce stack up on the other side. So, um, uh, yeah, it, it pork steaks, man, and you know a lot of people they'll they'll sear them off and then just drop them in a in a an aluminum pan full of barbecue sauce and just simmer them in the barbecue sauce for for hours. You know, you know, basically, or parboil them in the barbecue sauce first and then sear them off. So are you getting kind of a those. like a pork chop type like uh, consistency, mm-hmm. or is it or is it more steaky, like more like ribeye because of all that fat? It's not steak. It's not pork chop. Um, it's not chicken. It's, it's, it's more ten- it's usually more tender than like a like a pork chop is. Tor- okay. Pork chop is kind of meatier, denser like a steak. Yep. This is it, you cook all you render all that fat out um and it's um Anyway, when's the next time you when, when can you get here to St. Louis so I can cook <laughs> you a pork steak? Um I you, you just got to experience it. And the you farther away you get from the farther away you get from St. Louis, the less likely they're going to have any idea what you're talking about. And you will get some weird looks and comments, depending on how well you know your meat cutter. If you ask them, "Can I get some pork steaks?" Uh, what? And I mean, and I, I actually did a on, on the website I did a post called um, "Midwestern Staple: The Pork Steak," and it, it, it literally the first half of it goes through um, goes through how to order them, like how, and it shows it you know the pork shoulder and shows a cut into we went to a local butcher here and we're like cut us some pork steak show us like on the bandsaw like yeah. what it would look like you know and so we we had people that go you know up to their butcher and like hold their phone out and like here you know look at this 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 you know recipe or this is how what i want i want to be able to cook these and here's what they look like and 
and so that they can cut, cut them. Like my, my dad has a cousin in Baltimore who who took that web and went up to a local butcher and was like, "Here, can, cut these this. for me." So, yeah. So yeah, um, uh, you know, she missed having. You know, she grew up here and she missed having those. So look at that. You just spreading pork steaks around around the world, or at least that is Baltimore. kind of my mission. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get the, the spread the the joy of pork steaks. We, we and, need, and, and I mean, they're super cheap. They're they're you know a couple bucks a pound for pork shoulder. You know, right. I mean. And you, you you cut them up and, and you take, I you know I I, I kind of make fun of the people who boil them in the barbecue sauce, you know what I mean, uh, but you know you you take them and you, you when they're done you can throw them in you know I don't mind it staying warm in barbecue sauce but the boiling you're just kind of you're leaching the flavor out of the meat boiling yeah. meat and liquid is how we make soup, it's not how <laughs> we make flavorful meat you you pull right. the flavor of the meat out but but keeping it in like barbecue sauce and just keeping it warm on the grill like you can have them done for hours and it's really easy to feed a crowd with. And you know, it's yeah. Bork steaks, man. They're my, by no main, no means, uh, you know, living high on the hog and, you know, high end cuisine. Yeah. And that's something else you taught me today. I, I love that. You taught me about pork steaks and you taught me the, uh, the origins of high on the hog, which I, I had no idea that that's where that came from. and never, never really thought about it. Had heard the saying, had used the saying, but didn't know what, what it meant well, when I said it. And, and think about the the whole just the high on the animal. I mean, barbecue is, you know, the the rich got the steaks, which are all from for like a from a cow, are all high on the hog, high mm. on the cow. Yeah, we 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 were given the stuff, you know, on the bottom. Here here's a brisket. Brisket is the uh, a cow breast that gets worked with every step, which makes it tough. So mm-hmm. barbecue is basically how to take the leavings from the rich people. And make it good. And they realized yeah. that if you cooked it fast, like you did a steak, it was too tough. Um, but, um, you know, you, you could, you know, boiling it and simmering it made, again, good soup or stew. But there was something in between. And they realized if they cook it slow enough, the juices stay in and you can make it tender enough and break down those connective tissues. So, I mean, basically, um, barbecue was invented for those of us who weren't living high on the hog. Yeah. Um, we we had to make do with with the rest, and that's where barbacoa, barbecue came from. Hmm. Are you a certified judge, or do you? you I'm judge certified St. Louis Barbecue Society here. Okay. I'm certified uh, uh, SCA State Cookoff and certified um, World Food, okay. uh, but I'm not KCBS. But I'm going to. I think I'm I'm going to be going to the Jack this year, and uh, right. I'm going to get certified and judge there. So. You know, so you, you see a lot of barbecue. You you do competitions. I see, you know, via. I don't Insta- compete though. Right. I don't compete. You don't. But I go I, to a lot of competitions. Yeah. You're you're out there. You're you know you're you're with the people. You're you're walking around. Yeah. You're you know I saw you were pretty involved in Memphis in May. Uh, you know, working with some partners there and and just kind of reporting uh, what was happening. Yeah. As you look at at just barbecue as a whole right now, what are some things that that excite you about where barbecue is? as a as an industry as a community uh some things that are are really you think man i I really love that this is what we're doing or what what the food is doing um a little open-ended question but just kind of just your perspective of what you're seeing out there i well i love the the greatest thing about barbecue is that it's a it's a family right and and i see people you know i'm at memphis in may and i remember the boars night out guys got the call at memphis in may the judging is, is a little different you you get a you get 
a judge and the, the guys that finished top 10 get judged again in person. And so they kind of decorate their booths and it looks like a restaurant or they have a theme and they have decorations and flowers and, and tablecloths and all that. And they really present it and then they present their dish and why it make, why theirs is great and why, you know, they should get the vote. And, and so, um, these are people that, 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 you know, more than I got a call, you know, they got the top 10 and, um, I think the shed didn't, um, on one of the categories and, and they're like, Hey, we forgot a bunch of stuff that we need, you know, that and they're like, here, borrow our stuff. You know, you take our stuff. Let's help you. Yeah. Um, I remember a few years ago, um, some Brits did really well. And they didn't bring, they didn't know anything about it. They get judged and they're done. And they're like, what do you mean yeah. the second round? And they're like, well, you got you to gotta do it all over again. And, and, you know, and wow. people were just coming like crazy. And these are people who just learned that you're not winning. You're not, you don't have a chance to win. Yeah. And they're like, let me help you. That's the people that are all under the drama and the gossip and the backstabbing um, generally fade out of barbecue pretty quickly because, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, you, you get up there, somebody else wins and you cheer like crazy, even though you just, you know, took a dagger to the heart because you thought you cooked your ass off for, for three days. So that's my, my biggest thing. And I go see people and it's just like it's just like family. And from the first moment I met some of these people out of nowhere they were just, they treated us like family. Um, and, and, and to this day, you know, we have, we have, we go up, drive all over the country and sometimes fly and see these people. And it's, it, it doesn't change. I mean, it's, it's amazing. So that's, you know, the crux of it. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I love the fact the steak cook-offs, you know, you can go and cook in, in an afternoon and compete rather than like, yeah, Memphis May, Memphis and May is great, but I mean, you're spending 10 grand to go and compete for a weekend. Right. You know, I, Hey honey. Yeah. I know this is supposed to go to the kids college fund, but I got a good feeling about Memphis in May this year. Yeah. You know, whereas you can go cook on a, on a, you know, on a kettle or a, 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 these little, you know, these little box grills and cook a steak and, you know, in an afternoon and get that competition, um, thrill, feel all that. And, and not break the bank or the time, you know, like you guys are starting, you're, you know, you're checking in on Friday night, you're cooking all day on Saturday and all this, you know, it's, you're staying in hotel rooms, all that stuff. Yeah, man, you're coming in the morning, you're setting up, you're tearing down in the evening, you go to the awards, you know, you, you see if you get a call and you go home. Yeah. That's, that's great. Now, uh, on the flip side, are, are there trends that just annoy you right now in barbecue? Um, yeah. Well, you know, I'm in so I do a lot on social media. Yeah, and, and it could a lot, just be even just on social media. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Like, here's one for you: tomahawk steaks are stupid. Stupid. But they look so cool. And I eat more tomahawk steaks than probably anybody on the planet, but they're stupid. And the reason I do is because they're a tax deduction for me, and they get a lot of engagement on social media. Yeah. They're stupid. You're paying twenty something dollars a pound for an eight ounce bone that you're not even giving your dog. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I actually love gnawing on that. that, But if that bone was just sticking out a nub this much, that's all you need to have the flavor of uh, having the bone, you know, the bone in flavor. But we got to have a two foot long bone because it looks cool because it's for the gram. Well, it's really cool if you you drill through the bone and then hang it up. And hang it. That's even more cool. 
Uh, I've been involved in that too in the past. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. Um, it was at a low point in my life. You know, it's I, okay. We all have those really dark de- days. I, I was really desperate. You know, <laughs> I was thinking about rooting for Michigan. Um, oh, man, you know, that must have been dark for I, you. <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna do? So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I get it. I mean, I do it too. Uh, it's stupid. I'm stupid for doing it. I shouldn't do it, but here I am. As you as you kind of think about your uh, where you're at in this in this journey, you've got. Um, you know, build digital marketing. You have your your footprint on social media. Uh, you're you're kind of a recognized face and name within this barbecue community. You know what what are you most proud of right now? My favorite thing, honestly, and it still comes down to the, to the website, is when somebody walks up to me and goes, "You know, I only cooked burgers and brats on the grill, and I tried X from your website, and it came out great." And next weekend, I'm trying why. That's it. It was nice. just a, a vehicle to share knowledge, right? That's yeah. it. Started off as a vehicle to share knowledge on that stupid football website, um, you know. And then it was, it was, yeah, it was for tax deductions, but it was a, a way to share, like, here's what I'm doing on the grill, and here's what's working for me, mm-hmm. and maybe it'll work for you. And then it was kind of like, well, let's look at wire, you know, like the three, two, one method. It sounds good. But is it really the best way? And and I realized, you know, pretty quickly, no, it's terrible. It's just it just sounds neat, you know. I so I you know um, everybody oh I got I got to smoke at two twenty five, you know, low and slow. That's where my daddy did it. Yeah. I smoke everything at three hundred. Everything at three hundred. Myron <laughs> Mixon smokes at three fifty, and he's the you know the winningest man in barbecue. Yeah. It, it, and people tell me all the time that I'm screwing it up because I'm cooking it too high. Um. Okay. You know, so I just, um, yeah, that's, that's, I, the, 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 on the other, the flip side of that is the fact that this is a career now, um, is, is mind blowing. The things that it's allowed me to do, the bucket list items that I've been able to do. I got Guinness flew me to Europe to go to Meetopia UK in Dublin. You know, I want, I bucket list item was to go to Europe. I mean, it was really high up on my list and, and one day I got a call and I was there. You know, and somebody, I got somebody paid for your bucket list item. Yeah. Paid for it. Right. Yeah. I got, you know, like I, I got a call from, from a guy who said, we're going to do a, uh, we want to film something for Coke and NASCAR. Come on down. We're going to fly you out to Charlottesville and we're going to do this thing. And I remember we were getting in a cab. We're, we're getting in an a, a Uber. And I said, when are we going to, when are we going live with the, with this stuff? And, and then the, the NBC guys were there too. And they were whispering and, um, and they turn around and they go, we're going to air this in, in September. I said, what do you mean air? Like, yeah, it's going to be a, it's a national commercial. <laughs> I thought it was all digital. I didn't oh, know wow. until I was getting in the car done with it, that it was going to air as a commercial. And it was three different commercials that they aired with three different of my recipes. And then they did a four minute spot on NBC that aired nationwide during the middle of a NASCAR race. Wow. Keep in mind, I didn't know anything about NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> I had to Google who the two two NASCAR drivers, uh, Bubba, Bubba Wallace and and Danny Suarez, Daniel Suarez were in the in the commercial with me. I didn't know who they were. I had no idea who they were. I had to, had to Google it and and learn what what it was all about. And and now I you know I'll sit down and watch a race every now and then. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean it, it's just you know I I can't believe I'm paying for my kids to go to school. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I'm paying for my house. I'm you know because I grill. 
Yeah. You know, I, it is weird when, like, I had a parent at my kid's school ask, you know, what do you do? <laughs> How do you answer that? Uh, I, I'm... It's getting harder because I keep starting new companies. And so, you know, I am a serial entrepreneur maybe now, but, it, you know, they're all kind of in the grilling and barbecue space. So I tell people I'm digital marketing. And it usually like, it oh, sounds yeah, boring. Cool. Yeah. Well, great. no, it sounds boring enough that they don't really go into it. They don't go, well, what does that mean? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know. Yeah. If you said you're, you're a serial entrepreneur with a with a focus uh, in in grilling, they'd be like, "What? Well, tell me more." Like, let's let's sit down and talk and have a beer and uh, like, nah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, like uh, like I tell people that you know if I go into like I do social media here in St. Louis and I tell them and they go what do you mean what do you do and i go well i, I do sugar fire social media and they get like you know seven or eight restaurants here in town so if that gets them like oh okay cool i get it you know yeah. but like what i what i was the first one i was a food blogger you know what i mean i was like i'm a grill blogger and they go oh so you know your parents and your wife reads that you know and then i'd go well and i write for charbroils they gave me my kind of my first gig you know and they were like oh so you're a food blogger tell me more about that you know, and, and uh, you know, and I actually stayed with them longer because they legitimized what I did. You know, I, when I would try to yeah. explain to people, and and now, you know, so it, it again now I don't like I don't want to necessarily talk about it. Like I don't want because we'll like we were my son's you know first he's not on the football team but he started in high school and it, you know they had all the parents out and for the first game of the year and and somebody asked what I did and I was like I kind of want to watch a football game and not spend the next forty five minutes explaining all the stupid shit that I do. Right. You know, for money. You know, most yeah. of them legal. <laughs> Let's move on kind of to our bonus round. This is how we'll uh, kind of wrap up our time together. Are we going back um, to Star Wars? Cause I can going back to Star Wars. That's, well, you know, okay. there's, we're, we're, that was one of the bonus questions, but um, right. we've, we've kind of already ticked off the Star Wars uh, items. Um, okay. What kind of music do you listen to? Not much. Not much, okay. Uh, I, I should say, I... I I didn't li- for a long time. I didn't listen to any music. I just listened to like you know all sports radio and you know like yeah. news and stuff like that. Um, but but I got uh, the car that I, I bought last year had you know built in Sirius radio, and and it's hard not to find stuff that's good there. So I listened to um, you know, I, 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 '80s. I like the '80s you know music. Uh, yeah. I like um, I like old school gangster rap. I'm not kidding. Um, I like, I'm I'm not kidding. I mean, I I would, I I would quote some, but there's a lot of profanity, um, which is what, what, which is what drew me to to my 15 year old self to it. You know, a a, a big part of it. Um, I like, uh, you know, classic rock, um, you know, heavy guitar riffs, stuff like that. Um, you know, so, and, and it's funny, the older I get, I'm starting to like country and I was like adamant country hater for years and now i uh i'm starting to get into it. like i'm thinking about actually adding a dedicated country station to my serious you know lineup of stations i have in my car come to the dark side it's okay it's and you know what driving back from, from from notre dame i was outside of like bloomington illinois and i mean and I, there were just some stations programmed into the into the car i was in a yeah. rental and I was just like checking to see which ones hit, and and I just hit the whatever. And it, four stations in a row were country, country. music stations. So I'm like, well, I guess we're listening to the country. To which my 12 year old son promptly fell asleep. He's like, 
So I was riding by myself, listen, rocking out the country. Uh, when you're smoking, so, uh, smoking meats, grilling, uh, what, are you, what are you drinking? I don't drink. You don't drink? So no, uh, iced lemonade, tea. iced tea? All right. Iced tea is what I was drinking here. Um, I like it. I, and what's funny is... Uh, I don't tell a lot of people that like, I don't like, like a lot of times I'll have like a, maybe like a weird, um, craft soda or something like, so I'll have like a root beer yeah. and I'll have it in a, in a beer koozie and people yeah. just assume that I'm, I'm drinking beer and, and I let them assume that, you know what I mean? Like I don't want to, and, and it's funny is like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't care if people drink. I'm not a, I'm not a, a drinker. I didn't quit drinking, um, because I had a problem with drinking. I, I just, I didn't want to drink in front of my kids. Because I feel like society gives us enough reasons to drink. You know, like we live in, a, the United yeah. States is this. Had a bad day? Grab a cocktail. It'll get better. Right. Had a good day? Grab a cocktail. It'll get, it'll better. get better. You know what I mean? Like, this is our world, right? I it's mean, our, so yes. I I just didn't want to give incentivize my kids to, to any more reason to drink and then what societies are going to push them to so so i quit drinking in front of my kids and then i realized my kids go to bed at 9 30 10 o'clock at night you know what am I gonna, i'm going to bed you know within an hour of that so okay right. so i quit and then i would go on like i go travel i go like to memphis in may and i'm like well yeah i'll have a beer and then i then i started to think i started progressing that out i'm like okay you haven't had anything to drink in nine months after three cocktails you're going to be plastered and after five, you're going to be hung over. And you're hanging around people that are constantly handing you beers. Yeah. I mean, just like, oh, you look like you've got a half a beer. Here's another one, you know. Yeah. And so I was just like, I, I'm out. You know, I'm out, yeah. be out of this game for a while. And I told my wife, I said, I, I kind of think I'm done with this, like, completely. Because yeah. I can't go, go on the road and, like, party like a rock star. At, at, I'm 49 years old. I want to be, you know, just miserable. Yeah. So... So I said, you know, maybe when my when our kids are grown, which I have a six year old, you know, so you know, it'll be a hot minute, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe, but we're we're talking, you know, a dozen years from now at least, maybe I'll have a cocktail again. But but so yeah, I'm I'm out um, of the game. But like, you know, I don't like people go, well, you know, are, are you okay? Yeah, I want to have a beer. And I'm like, my house is full of booze. I just did a thing for Rabbit Hole Bourbon. You know what I mean? I've yeah. got um, as, actually, hold on. There's a wine rack that actually has some hangers hanging on, but that's that's yeah. wine and beer and yeah. all kinds of stuff right there, and and I have a, on the other side is a wet bar and um, you know I have all kinds of bottles of of, of stuff, yeah. you know, and and if it's, so if you come to my house, you know what do you want? I'll, I'll pour it for you. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm not, um, yeah, I I'm not at all, um, you know, like are you are you going to be tempted? No. <laughs> You know, like, it's I'm okay. It's not that, it's not that, at all. But, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's sad, though. I lost a lot of friends. I mean, because hmm. they don't, two, one, they, they're afraid of tempting me, which I tell them, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But the, the bigger thing is, 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 I think there's a lot of people who don't want to look, like, you know, you can have this good time without doing that. And I think there's a whole lot of people in my world that, yeah. that can't. Yep. And, yeah, and they, there's a, there's a, they start to feel this probably unhealthy shame that they're even doing it around you, uh, right? And, and I don't want them to feel that way. I'm like, listen, you're, you're not you're not judging them. No, it's not. No, let, let's yeah. go out. You get as drunk as you want. Who cares? I'll, I'll drive you home. I could drive. Shit. Yeah, I could drive you home. And then then there's the whole they you know one they you know okay, and then they start you know so 
am I, should I be drinking this much? If he can do it, can I do it? And then they start thinking, maybe I can't do it. And maybe, yeah. or maybe they tried and they can't. So, um, you know, I guess I'll, you know, Hey, for all those guys out there that know me, like, you know, see you in about a dozen years. We'll talk. There you, go. Oh, uh, you know, if you peppers. do make it, if you do make it to the Jack, even if you don't drink the tour that they do at Jack Daniels is fantastic. Uh, I know your, your schedule will probably be really packed, but if you have time to sneak over there uh, and do a, a legit tour, it is, it's a ton of fun. They do a great job. It's, it's, a, it's something we, we take people to, uh, have taken people to in the past, uh, and everybody's just absolutely loved it. So little, yeah, little I've, travel. I've done the Bourbon it. Trail. I've done, yeah. you know, I've done Four Roses out there, Bardstown, stuff like that. Yep. So um, I've done um, the brewery tour here in St. Louis, you know, where Budweiser's here. So I, I, I dig that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yep. that's the plan is to try to get over there and see that, Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, good but, folks over there. You know, depend. Uh, yeah. Is there something you still want to cook that you haven't cooked yet? Something on your, your bucket list to cook? Um, I have never done a goat. Okay. Um, um, like kind of like so a jerk, jerk style is, is that kind of, or like a whole goat yeah. or what do you kind of like? Yeah. Like a whole, like, you know, whole animal goat I've done, you know, lamb and pig and we did alligator last year. Um, um, I haven't done snake. I don't know if I want to do snake. Yeah. Um, that seems real gimmicky, you know, right. Yeah. Can you use a drill on the snake? I mm. mean, is there a reason to bust out a grill drill? Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind doing a goat and, and kind of doing some traditional, you know, like something they would have done a couple hundred years ago and try to do that. Um, yeah. I, I also wouldn't mind doing some of the, the maybe the Dutch oven stuff like indoor on a hearth. Um, oh, okay. I think that's that's because there's there is some there's a there's an artistry there. It's not mm-hmm. just like put the Dutch oven up there. I mean, you got to rotate and pay attention. And you have these metal bars that come off your fireplace that that you hang them and then you can swing it in and bring it out and at, you know, as the coal bank, the coals towards it, that kind of stuff. I've always wanted to, you know, maybe play around with that. I got to talk my wife into letting me turn the, the living room into a, you know, Dutch oven. You got a little bit of uh, kind of Ma and Pa Ingalls in you there that wants to uh, little house on the prairie, this thing. That's kind of it. Like, you know, kind of go to the history of, of how this stuff kind of started, Mm -hmm. you know, and do, do some of that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind, you know, taking it back a notch. I do, I'm kind of fascinated by like period movies, you know, like anything where, you know, like I dig fire to cook on, but anything where fire is a chief source of heat and light, if if that's a movie, I'm probably in, you know what I mean? You know, as long as it's not too much of a romantic kind of drama, maybe not so much, but you know, um, that kind of, you know, and and if, if you throw in some, some swords and, you know, and some guys in armor, even better, Home run, but it right. could be, it could just be like, like, uh, you know, uh, Victorian or, you know, you know, like, like even like the, the Sherlock Holmes movies with, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, those were kind of, kind of cool, like that kind of yeah. stuff. So I would like to explore that. Do you, you, do know, you have a, do um, do you have a, a time when barbecue went really wrong for you? Like a ultimate blooper in all of your years of, of cooking? I've I've done yeah I've done some some things, I've, I've screwed everything up that you could possibly screw up. I mean, at some point throughout the years, I remember cooking in one of those oilless turkey fryers, cooking a turkey on Thanksgiving for charbroil, and thought I have blown this. Do they? And this is on Thanksgiving, and I'm wondering if if White Castle or Domino's Pizza was open. Um, 
Uh, that's true. Because uh, the oilless turkey, the infrared ones, they cook at such a high temperature. Like if you if you put a sweet rub on them and it just it just char- turns the, the sugars just burn black. Right. Well, I, br- I brine the turkey in apple cider, which has got a lot of sugar in it, and so I'm so I'm literally testing this method on Thanksgiving and documenting it. You know, good plan, right? And right. I. Uh, the turkey turned pretty black, but it didn't really burn. It didn't look all that appetizing, but it was actually one of the best turkeys I'd ever done at to that point. So, um, yeah, I was standing out on the driveway, literally Googling if what restaurants are open on Thanksgiving because I thought I was going to have to buy the 20 people that were coming. And I was at my in-laws, so I was serving at my in-laws the turkey, and I thought I'd just completely blown it. Um, I, I put a little foil around it and that helped to kind of stop it from blackening anymore, which saved yeah. it. And, and, um, and you were, you were making this for charbroil that day. Like you, it was like a, like a scheduled cook, like you're, you're influencing, I was, you know, you, I was doing a blog for post for them. Okay. Yeah, I was doing, I, I, at the time we were just, I was just a recipe writer, recipe creator, okay. um, blogger for them. Um, and so I was like, well, I'll, you know, I was gonna do this recipe where i was gonna cook a turkey they went they sent me this thing i'm like i'll cook my turkey in it on thanksgiving and, and they were like don't use any sweet rubs right and then I so like, no i didn't do that I'm like i'm like i didn't use any. i just used salt and pepper why is it so oh the brine was apple cider mind you my favorite brine of just about anything is apple cider legit yeah. fall apple cider you know the stuff that like when you get down to the bottom, my, yeah. my son called it's it's really thick. He goes, That's the apple gravy, Dad. It's great. And I'm like, um, like that stuff, I love that stuff to I brine ribs, I'll, I'll brine anything in that stuff. I love it. Maybe not so much an infrared, you know, cooker that gets to, you know, five hundred degrees or whatever it was and doesn't really work that well. Uh yeah. I, I, yeah. We we so. talked uh, a lot about ribs earlier. Uh, one thing that I, I do want to try to get from everybody that we have on is just kind of a, a real quick, hey, how do you, if you were going out and you were just going to cook some ribs tomorrow, like what's mm-hmm. what's your kind of go-to just overview technique? We're not going super in-depth here, but just kind of your, this is the way we do them around our house. This is what we like. How would you do Okay, it? now there's, there's two, okay. Oh, this boy. is a little more complicated. So my family likes them my extended family my my wife my, they love them fall off the bone so okay. and and a lot of times they they like them saucy so um and i'm not the biggest sauce guy i crave yeah. every once in a while i'm like i want super sloppy saucy ribs i just get that craving and i go make those but i for myself i generally don't um so for them yeah i, I just put theirs in an hour earlier than mine i wrap them in foil they stay in the foil longer or put butcher paper whatever yep. and they um, and I, I make them fall off the bone, and yeah, that's that's what I do for them. Um, for me, I go competition style, usually just a rub, and so, you know, I the way the way barbecue sauce to me is, I feel like it, it can cover all manner of sins. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, whereas rub lets the meat kind of be the thing. But if I do every year when it starts to warm up, and I kind of go in, in kind of hibernation. When it comes to grilling in January and February, unless okay. it's snowing, if it's snowing, I'm cooking. If yeah, it's snowing, that's, that's good my, for the gram. Yeah. Well, no, I just I just love to cook in the snow. So like it, this is way before I started this. I'd be out. My neighbors would be like, 
the hell is he doing? I, hey, man, how are you? Just grilled up some ribs. I know, it's a snowstorm. Um, I did that. But but for January and February, I kind of take some time off because I cook so much where it's not necessarily just to cook. It's because it's I it's a job, right? So yeah. I kind of recharge. And when it starts to warm up, I, um, I, almost every year I cook the same thing. And I make jerk ribs. And I mm. just, um, I you know, baby back ribs, I, I brine them in apple cider or apple juice, depending on what I've got at the time, and then skin skin the membrane, season with the jerk seasoning, and then if I really want to hurt the next day, I put a like a a, a jerk paste on the on the outside, nice. and really, um, which I love going down. It just you know the next day is a little um, uh, a little painful. Yeah, we get um, it. We get it. Yeah. So so yeah. So that that for me. Um, and you know what else? I, I really love a jerk steak. And, mm. you know, jerk chicken and ribs are a thing. You start talking yep. about jerk steak and people get pissed off at you. They're like, oh, you ruined it. I'm like, I love jerk and I love steak. I'm just saying, try it sometime. Do a little yeah. jerk rub, season it off, spicy steak. It's awesome. So All right. jerk ribs is literally like every year, like the first two weeks of March. You know you know what I'm talking about when you're coming out of the thaw yeah. and it's starting to warm up a little. At least that's in St. Louis. All right, Pepper, come on. Stop barking at the neighbor. Um, <laughs> you've, you've known Woody your entire life. Come here. So um, jerk jerk ribs. That's literally almost every year I do that. And um, and it's usually, it, usually it's just for me. Like my kids can't handle it. My wife can't handle it. it it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's potent. Yeah. <laughs> if you could only eat one region of barbecue kind of the rest of your life, if you had to choose kind of one of those barbecue regions, where, where are you going? Can't, can't, not answering that one, you know, cause, cause yeah, I get, I get a craving for like, uh, you know, mustard sauce, um, more actually I get craving for mustard sauce more than I get a craving for the, the tomato sauces, you know, okay. tomato based traditional barbecue sauce, yeah. but then also the white, you know, Alabama, Alabama sauce, white. I get, yep. I'll, I'll, I'll get a craving for that more than, more than a traditional tomato sauce, tomato based sauce. Um, you know, I dry rub. St. Louis is kind of a uh, kind of a dry rub town, um, mm-hmm. but also you know heavy sauce town, depending on where you're at. Um, so yeah, I can't. You know, Texas with the you know salt, pepper, post oak. That's yes. all you need, man. You know, I'm okay with that too. You know, all beef. Um, I just did beef ribs last Thursday. Oh my god. Oh, so yeah. I mean, no, I'm not. I, not, I can't. Not gonna, okay. All right. No, I eat. I well, I. I eat too much of it um, for what I did that I can't, I, I couldn't even possibly fathom limiting it to like one. That's fair. Do you know what I mean? I'll let you I, slide. I can't. It's okay. You're going to, yeah. Well, I, 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 I'll, I'll give you an example. So I go meet with Mike Johnson on Sugar Fire and I'll go, hey man, he'll, he'll, he'll go, hey, you want anything? You know, from the, we'll be at his restaurant and I'll go, no, I'm good. And he goes, yeah, I'm sick of it too. You know what I mean? Like, it's like he, he's, exposed to it so often you know and same with me yeah. i'm like i what when i go out and order barbecue i order two things is this one of your questions too because this is no this no is no one. but this is a bonus it's a bonus bonus question all right you're asking yourself things. questions now i'm gonna right. go ahead and just i order brisket burn ends mm-hmm. or i and, and if they have them if they don't have them then i order the turkey smoked turkey yeah just because i don't do those very often i i, I don't i don't do brisket burn ends are kind of pain in the ass it's yeah. a lot of work there and, and you gotta have what are you doing with the rest of the the brisket, you know what I mean? Like it, it's a lot. It's a big commitment, and then I don't 
I just don't cook turkey breasts. You know what I mean? I don't do it. And, and I, it's, you know, so I, but I cook ribs and tomahawk steaks all the time. So, you know, I'll, I'll take the turkey. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what I, what's, uh, what's next for you? So next for me, um, I have a grill and fools VIP club, grill and fools VIP.com, which I, I, I get, it, it's kind of, spawn from all these people that asked me to do affiliate programs for them and affiliate programs are rough because unless you're looking for that one specific thing people generally don't buy that to go to places where they can choose from a lot of different items so what i'm doing is i'm taking all those affiliates and putting them in one place so it's a subscriber um uh subscriber deal where you pay and then you get a discount off of what you would pay for that um so instead of me getting the 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 affiliate like me getting a, a a a referral fee for that you get the discount and yeah. i get a subscriber fee so um and and how this came we're, i'm basically trying to be i want to become the jay peterman of barbecue so i you i see it by your reaction you you're a seinfeld fan and you know who jay peterman is sure, you yeah. know so for those that don't remember jay peterman was a guy with the voice that ran the magazine that elaine worked at and he'd he'd do things like and we were walking through, you know, the, the, the streets of Bombay, and it was 140 degrees, and I had sweat through my shirt, and I stumbled onto this factory that made the cleanest, whitest shirts you'd ever seen, and I bought one, and now I sell the, the dapper Bombay shirt on page 47 of my catalog. <laughs> and so I go yes. to these contests and these events all over the country, and I meet people that have amazing rubs and sauces. But can't get, you know, onto the the, the Walmart sure. shelves, right? Or can't be, you know, aren't national at all the Ace Hardware's or Home Depot. It's it's a grind, and and people that are, you know, they may be great at making rugs, but may not be great at, at coming up with a business plan to, to get to that level, which is yeah. hard to do. And so I am trying to bring kind of like those those amazing sauces and rubs that guys are making. Um, and just other products like there's bull, I have Bullswood um, uh, uh, cutting boards, which yeah, are great. awesome, yep. you know, and, and uh, like I, I'm, I'm talking to a bunch of different knife makers. Problem is with these, you know, these small batch knife makers, they can't keep them in stock as it is and they can't provide me with enough to do it. So yep. that's harder to do. Um, but, you know, just like cool, just the cool stuff that I find because I, I'm blessed it, it lucky blessed I, you know it's funny people say you're really lucky I, you know i said funny the harder i work the luckier i get um but blessed is a better word for me to use mm-hmm. to go and and be at the jack and the royal and the memphis in may and world food championships and be able to try and taste the stuff and meet these people and hang out and 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 try things and and so i'm trying to bring those those really cool products back that to a place where everybody that you know, i can put them all in one spot and make it kind of a um, a marketplace of, for all these cool products, um, and at the same time save you a little money. So, right. and when and when does goal. that go live? Um, right now, we have like ten clients on there. It's like okay. me and like a few of my friends and the people that are partnering with me. It's yeah. it's live right now. It's just being tweaked. Um, gotcha. It's kind of a soft opening, um, you know. But you can get like you can get a Hasty Bake Grill on there. You can get a Green Mountain Grill on there. So I mean, it's it's like. There are, you know, some bigger, bigger products and, and I'm adding products all the time. I just had a guy reach out to me and he, he makes nitrile gloves and he gives a portion back 
um, for environmental stuff, you know, for to help the environment. And and he sent me a box. He goes, "What do you think?" I go, "They're great. I, I they're actually better than I, I have opened up my last box that I bought during COVID, mm-hmm. which is the worst time to buy the natural gloves because yeah. at that point everybody wanted them, and I was paying yep. three times the price. And um, these they're better. They're way better than the ones I've been using for the last two years. And I'm like, I love these, and I love your your business model and it's not necessarily a rubber or a spice, but um, you know, uh, it's a tool. It's a tool for barbecue. It's, it's a tool. I, yeah. I I can't. So it's, it's funny about the nitro gloves. I get the people who say, you know, why don't you? Why you know you need to wear gloves? You you dirty bastard. You know, uh, wear the gloves. And then when I and then I get the people when I do wear the gloves, they go, well, you destroy the environment. Right. You dirty bastard. <laughs> so you know, either way, I'm a dirty bastard. But yes. um, it, it, I, I wear the gloves and. You know, I recycle. Okay, that's all I got. You know, I'm, I'm trying. So um, I am. I wear them all the time. Like I don't. You know, it, the first time you pat out some some hamburger patties with gloves on, and at the end, you don't have all that just that fat congealed to your skin, yeah. and it takes like ten minutes of running them under hot water to get it to come off. Is, is when, the first time you don't have to do that? You'll you'll never go back to not wearing gloves when you're doing this stuff. Well, we'll uh, we'll make sure that we put uh, the link to that in our in our show notes. I'll get that appreciate from it. You. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, how can people find you? Well, grillandfools.com, G-R-I-L-L-I-N, fools, no second G, because we're informal. And grillandfools.com uh, on Instagram, grillandfools. Um, it's all, and I mean, it's uh, Facebook, you know, Twitter, Pinterest, even on TikTok. Okay. I can't do TikTok. I post stuff to TikTok, and then two hours later, I'm still there. <laughs> I, I deleted it from my phone. I'm like, I can't. I don't have this kind of time. I can't I had, have this I had, time. For, I had TikTok for three hours, uh, one 24-hour period, it felt like, because I, I literally mm-hmm. was the same way. I, I, I put it on there, and I just... And I was like, I, I, I can't do... I just took it right back off. So I, 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 don't, I don't have the willpower. <laughs> so I, I just bow down to whatever they're doing. They're good at it. That's and right. so I just... I had to delete it, you know? Um, so... So yeah, and then uh, Grill and Fools VIP, um, you know, and and build digital marketing. If you've got a, um, you know, a social media, our our clientele, our, our target audience for social media, I realize is is has got something very similar. There, if, if, if I talk to somebody and you're like, yeah, you know, we just started this business and and you know we're filming content, and we love you know reaching people on social media. Those people aren't aren't ready for for my services. It's the people that go, God, I'm so sick of having to do social media every single day. Mm-hmm. It just never stops. Yeah. Those people want to talk to me. Yes. So if you're sick of social media, but you know you need it to grow and you know it's a great way to meet the masses and 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 sell your product and get the word out about your product, we're here for you. Great. And at builddigitalmarketing.com, um, we, you know, my I, I have 700,000 followers on Instagram. My partner's got 900,000 followers. We have some legit street cred as opposed yeah. to people that are like, like I met a guy one time and he said, you know, I, I, I work, I'm Coke, you know, and we've got, we've got 4 million followers. And I went, the number one consumed soft drink, maybe product on the planet of 7 billion people. Yeah. And you've got 4 million followers. I'm like, yeah. And he was all proud of it. I said, a team of blind monkeys could get to 4 million followers. I could fart my way to 4 million followers right. with Coke. Mm-hmm. I was like, show me where you've done something. I was like, you're actually holding Coke back is what you're doing. You're terrible at your job. 
So we're not friends. That okay. guy. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh man. He was just so cocky. And I was like, I took something with the word fool in the title and took it to 700,000 followers. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Make, show me something where you made something out of nothing or doesn't have, you know, the Coke's budget behind you. So, you yeah. So I'm probably never going to get Coke's business either. Not after this. Well, hey, uh, thanks so much for, uh, for taking the time hanging with me today. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. It's been a pleasure getting to hang out with you, getting to know your story a little bit more. and hope everybody else enjoyed it too. So uh, thanks for joining me. Thank you for letting me blather on for, I don't even know how long this is. It seems like a lot. Um, yeah. It was great. And let my dog. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks hey, so much. if you want to talk Star Wars, I'm Yes, you, you're, you're my guy. You're my guy. All right. I am. Hey. I, we could just talk Star Wars whenever you want. Totally. Thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of May the Smoke Be With You. Thanks for listening to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast with Joe Levitt.